Welcome to the Keller Williams Realty Van Central Podcast. Real talk with real agents, featuring Connie Buna and Roland Kim. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining in. Connie Buna here, managing broker and one of the key partners of Keller Williams Realty Van Central. Hi, Connie. Roland here. How are you today? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling really excited about our next guest. And for those of you that haven't had the opportunity to meet Glenn McQueenie, he is a successful realtor, successful brokerage owner. He's a coach. He's an author of multiple books. He is without a doubt a person that we want to listen to and learn from. And so today we're going to be speaking with Glenn specifically about life in brokerages. And, you know, ideally we're targeting our conversation around helping our agents understand what the brokerage business looks like and why it matters to a realtor in terms of where they hang their hat and where they build their business. And so I'll start by asking you the question, Glenn, how on earth did you get into the brokerage business? Well, thank you so much, first of all, Connie and Roland, for having me here. I'm very excited to be here today. So thank you. So I started 32 years ago with a independent brokerage in Toronto. And within three years, I became their kind of top agent and left to join Remax. And I was with Remax for, you know, about 14 years, I believe it was, no, 12 years. Uh, I was one of their top, I went to one Remax brokerage and then another because we relocated. Really enjoyed my time at Remax, actually. It was really great. And I've always been a student of learning and also a student of teaching. And so I would go away to seminars and I would come back to my office and I would just hold a class. And one day my broker owner at the Remax I was at said, why are you doing this? I was kind of saying, well, you're not. And, and a lot of people want to know. And I've learned that the way I get to master and internalize stuff is by teaching it. And if you're okay with that, I'll just keep teaching it, right? Mm -hmm. And then just through the grapevine, I was in Palm Springs attending some training. And I checked into the hotel and I was walking towards my room and there's a bar there on the right side. And so there's this group. I was with Joe Stump at the time, mm -hmm. which is by referral only. Mm -hmm. And so every three months, they'd have a mastermind, maybe be in Florida, Chicago, Palm Springs. So there was about two to 300 of us and we just get to know each other, you mm -hmm. know? So I looked over the bar and there's a bunch of them sitting there like, hey, Glenn, come on in. So I walked in and I'm like, hi, how you doing? Great to see you again. And this girl turns to me and says, I left Remax. And I was like, oh, what? Nobody leaves Remax. Like it was Remax was the almighty, the brokerage, like only the top producers go there. Why would you ever leave? And they told me that they joined this company called Keller Williams. And I was like, Keller who? Um, Helen Keller? Like I didn't know <laughs> what they were saying. And it turned out at that table that most of those people had recently left and from all different companies and joined Keller Williams. But about a year before that, the broker owner of that company asked me if I wanted to buy it. And that's what maybe got me on the path initially thinking about it. The broker um, owner of the really... Remax? What's that? The broker owner of your Remax yeah, asked Remax, you to buy it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I wanted to buy it. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at her roster and there was about 110 agents and there was about 22 of them who I really liked. The other was, I was like, I'm not that interested. 
So after she asked me, I was like, no, I'm not really that interested. About six months later, I was in Chicago at one of these events and Joe Stump had said, who can help me on this? And I'm sitting in the last row. So I'm going, great, no chance he's going to pick me, right? And uh, then he just from the stage goes, hey, Glenn, you want to play big? And I was like, oh my God, you know, the spotlight comes on you, stand up there. And he said, when are you going to die? I was like, what? Like, you know, you're already nervous standing up in front of a crowd. And now I'm standing there naked. I'm like, I don't know. And anyway, I came up with like 60, 74 or something. No, 73. And I was 37 at the time. And he's like, well, Glenn, that's pretty young. Why do you think about that? And so I was telling them my dad had passed on early and some other stuff. And he said, what would you do if you knew that you were going to live to your 105? He said, because right now you're thinking, if you think you're going to die at 73 and you're 37, you're at a subconscious level, your body's starting to shut down. It's trying to maintain what you have and not go and get what you want. Like very wise words of wisdom. And he said, what would you do if you knew you were going to live till you're 105? And I said, well, I would like to create a platform where I could coach and train and help a lot of people. And so through that, as he kept on asking me questions and why that's important, it became very clear that for me to do this, I would want to own my own brokerage mm. and have that platform to be able to train the people that I really wanted to. So three months later, I'm down in Palm Springs, meet all these people, find out about Keller Williams. I'm like, whatever. And then about six months later, I was like, well, maybe I'll go find out about this. So anyway, went down to Austin, Texas, found out about it. And about six months later, I opened the first Keller Williams in Toronto, which was the second in Canada. And that time there was about 19,000 Keller Williams agents around the world. And now I think we're at 190,000. So. We would have been in the mid nineties here, I think. I'm sorry, when was that? What year are we in right now? So it was fall 2002, I was in Chicago. So 2003, I went to Austin, Texas, and January 2004, I opened the first one in Toronto. January 2004, thank you. Yeah, and so we had like, I think I got about 25 people to sign letters of commitment, but I got late opening. So it was actually coming into January, February when people were back in production. So one person showed up and I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) Because I had leveraged my house to buy the furniture. I'd leveraged my cottage to get my operating funds. And it was costing me around $25,000 a month. And I got one person here and I was like, this is awesome. Anyway, fast forward now about 17 years and we have about 550 agents in four offices. And I have to tell you, it's the best thing I've ever done because I really feel like it's one thing to be a high producing agent, but I've learned about year nine to 13 in real estate. If you're doing high volume, you kind of get a little burnt out. It's Mm -hmm. like Groundhog Day, you know, same day, different people, same deal, same problems. And so I was just looking for a bigger platform, you know. And what about the Keller Williams model in 2002, 2003 compelled you to leave your very comfortable and established brand? Well, the first thing was those eight people sitting in the bar were all pretty top producers who I liked, trusted and respected. And I was like, they would not leave unless there was something really good. Like I just didn't feel that, you know? So I knew I had to find out more because they were such high quality that I couldn't. Number two, I would say is that I discovered that it was kind of like this coaching, teaching, mentoring company based on a established economic model that all of the top producers were already using. 
And this would be a bit of a hack or a shortcut that I could really get into production myself more and also help a lot of agents, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's what attracted me initially to it was, well, I don't have to reinvent everything. It's already done. You know, now with, I guess we're 190,000 with 57 countries, you know, I had the opportunity to be a founder and partner in Keller Williams, Romania about three and a half years ago, which is great because I'd never been to Romania, don't speak Romanian. Like what could go wrong really, if you think about <laughs> it. Nazri Notary Corporation is a full service notary practice centrally located in Vancouver and has been serving the community for almost 20 years. At Masri Notary, we have two notaries and take great pleasure in always being available to help our clients. We handle real estate purchases, sales, and mortgage refinancing. We also offer planning documents such as wills, powers of attorney, and healthcare rep agreements. Reach out and book a free consultation today. You can find us at masrinotary.com. But that's been a great experience going to a country now that basically was communist until 1989 and now seeing and almost creating an MLS system there mm -hmm. and coaching and training, you know. And then I think the books just became a bigger platform for me, you know. In thinking about your trajectory and your decision making and taking your hat off as a brokerage owner and thinking about yourself as a producing realtor, what did that feel like to step away from the comfort zone of your established brokerage? You know, we often hear the objection, and I'm sure you hear it as well as a brokerage owner of, you know, my company is so well known, I couldn't possibly move to a company that no one knows your name. Hmm. What is your response to that? Well, I felt that way, Connie, because I was at Remax for 12 years. And for 12 years, I was basically programmed that I was successful because I was with Remax, that mm -hmm. it was the brand everyone recognizes. And so I had a lot of real fear about that. I was like, what if I go to a company nobody knows about? So I asked my assistant to do a poll with a hundred of my clients. And they just had to ask two questions. I encourage everyone to do this. One was, what company does Glenn work for? And the second question was, does it matter which company Clint works for? <laughs> and 21% of them knew I was at Remax. That was it. And about 95% of them were like, it doesn't matter, right? It's like we do business with Glenn because of Glenn. The same way all of your happy clients do business with Connie because of Connie and Roland because of Roland and your team because of you. It's what you bring. It's mm -hmm. not your brand, you know? And so that gave me some confidence. But what I also learned is the first brokerage I went to would be like it was an independent, like I would call what we call the dependent model. So there's three models in real estate brokerage right now. One is the dependent model, which is the agent depends on the broker for marketing and lead gen and support. Mm -hmm. And then I left that. It was like my cradle almost to get to Remax, where it's like you're already a top producer. You don't really need any support and help. And now you can get to keep most of your money. And so that was what we call the independent model, which is you've already arrived. Just go do it. We're going to provide some brokerage support for you, but you do your own marketing. You don't have to do our, you know, you don't have to pay for ads in the newspaper as we're trying to build our brand. And then I found that Keller Williams was the marriage of both. It was like the interdependent model, which is we're going to 
help you, coach you, train you, mentor you, whether you're just at the launching part of your career through our like PC programs, our program called Ignite right now, which is just started, I think last week with 500 people across Canada taking mm -hmm. this course. Mm -hmm. And so it's like the shortcut to real estate. I wish when I started, there was like a 12 session course that said, here's how you do open houses. Here's how you do offers. Here's how you get listings. Here's how you work with buyers. And so that's kind of like just slingshots you ahead. Mm -hmm. And then, and also we have a, that other course called Bold, which I believe is starting in June, which is going to be really amazing. It's a mindset course on success. And then for the mid-level agents, you know, we have a lot of the brainstorming that occurs, like a lot of the masterminding, because I've learned that if instead of you, it's like, oh, my broker owner or the, you know, is the almighty. If I ever have a question, I go to one person, I just feel I'm in an environment where 20 people together give you 10 times more information because they've had 20 times more experience, you know? And then for our top agents, you know, Gary Keller through his book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, really had built the model of how to build a real estate team, right? And it starts from getting leads first and then getting over to the listing side of that business because you can run with more listings and buyers. And then once you've done all you can do is get over to the leverage side, you know? So I think of it as this rule called 36, 60, 84, 120. And 36 is really the story about, that's about the maximum most agents can do by themselves. Mm -hmm. when they 36 just, transactions. Yeah, 36 transactions. And they're just tired and burnt out. Because remember, not every offer goes, not everyone you work with buys. And then that's the point in our model where we say, you know, between 30 to 40 is where you start getting some of your administrative help, you know, so that you can just stay in just doing offers, doing great consultations, negotiating, you know, getting listings and bringing them to closing and managing your money while your admin takes over the other thing. And we know mm -hmm. if you hire one admin, you'll probably get to 60 transactions, no problem. And then that's when you start bringing on your first buyer agent and they're going to do 20, about two deals a month. So it's 24. So 36 by myself, 60 with my assistant, 84 now with a buyer agent. And then I bring on a second buyer agent the following year. And now they're going to bring on 24, but my trained buyer agent is going to do 36. So you actually add 36 more transactions. So that's how it goes. You know, 36, 60, 84, 120. Mm -hmm. And, but having a model behind that to that actually says, oh, you know, I don't have to think anymore. It's automatic, you know, and that's what I found. And I think the brokerage of the future is really the one that combines all three of them. Mm -hmm. I think the broker of the future is going to have its own lead generation department. It's almost going to have its own dependent model where we'll generate leads the same way teams are doing it right now. But instead of teams passing them out to their teams, they're going to be passing them out to their existing agents, you know? And I think it's going to be the interdependent part where we are going to work together to get this sorted out. And it has to have that independent part, you know, and I found that most of the top teams now across North America are with Keller Williams, where they've almost got their own brokerage within a brokerage. Mm -hmm. And we don't feel threatened by that. And they all mastermind with Gary Keller and that some of our teams are 20, 40, 60, 100 people, you know. And so I think that's what I think brokerage is going to look like in the future is like, do you have all three? 
Glenn, I love that you touched on where's brokerage business going, because that's something that is a, certainly a regular topic of conversation between Roland and I and between our investor partners as we think about the ways in which we can build a business that supports our agent base today, attracts the agents of the future, and is fortified so that we can withstand whatever the changes that are coming. We know change is inevitable. And so if you could elaborate on the brokerage of the future, what I heard you say was that you think that the brokerage of the future is going to have components of all three of those fundamental brokerage models, the dependent, the interdependent, and the independent. If we had to stop on one sort of key idea, and maybe this is relevant also in this climate, bricks and mortar. How important is a bricks and mortar office? to the brokerage of the future? That's a great question. We've been spending a lot of time on that too. I know that in the future, the Keller Williams franchise is not gonna require you to have office space, and that's gonna be really interesting. So I think that tells you where <laughs> Gary Keller's thinking where this is going. Mm -hmm. I think the office of the future is probably going to be smaller micro offices with one main head office. Mm. I think the brokerage of the future is going to be dependent on technology at a very high level. And we're pretty lucky they've spent over a billion dollars. We have our own platform, our own CRM, we have our own app. I think the consumer is the next generation consumer, that 22 to 36, 38 year old, it better be virtually based real estate, physically enhanced. Solve my problem through technology and I'll come to you. If you're still running your brokerage like it's 30 years ago and just fax it over, I don't think that's going to be the winning combination. So I think the bricks and mortar of the future is going to be one of a collaborative setting where people can still come together and hang out, almost mm -hmm. like a university common room. Mm -hmm. okay. or a coffee shop. We're looking at a model right now of, it's like, what if we had four coffee shops with five or six boardrooms or private rooms on them where we can reduce our real estate footprint, but we can still have the mm -hmm. community around it because people want to be able to know they belong and they fit in. And I think, and if we could have the best technology in there mm -hmm. and the best people in there, then I think we're going to win this game, you know. I think you've touched on something. I have more questions. Do you want to jump in on anything? No, no, no. Checking in with you. Smile. Because you touched on something that I think is so profound, and I know that we're doing our very best to make these podcasts relevant at any period of time, but we would be remiss to acknowledge that we're in the midst of a global pandemic. We are more than one year in experiencing COVID-19. Specifically, Glenn is speaking to us from Toronto, which is arguably the most shut down city in the world. And what I am noticing is that as human beings, we have a fundamental need to be in community. It's absolutely, without a doubt, a core mm -hmm. need. And we have been isolated for a long time now. And those of us that have been able to continue with our business practice, I know that for myself personally, I'm also a high eye on the disc uh, scale. So similar to Glenn, I am very social by nature. I'm a hyper extrovert and I, I have poured myself into my business because it's my only social outlet. So mm -hmm. that's great news. 
And what I'm recognizing is that I am really significantly missing the collaboration and the cross-pollination that happens at live training events. So training events that we previously had hosted in our office where we would have a room full of people listening to Glenn. We've had many amazing training sessions with you, Glenn, where you've come actually I'd to I love teach. your office. Love your agents. They're great. And so I feel like the idea that we will be forever just simply behind screens, and that is a model of success for me, is a huge failure in recognizing the the fundamental human needs of being collective and together. And so one thing that I'm thinking about a lot is how do we reintegrate? How do we come back together and you know, speaking about always marketing is front of mind for me. I'm not sure if anybody has had the opportunity to see the extra gum commercial right now. It's probably the most genius piece of marketing produced in the last, oh gosh, I mean, I'm not a marketing expert by any stretch of imagination, but please do yourself a favor and Google the extra commercial, the extra gum. And the whole fundamental principle of the commercial is it's showing people coming out of this time and coming together and remembering what it's like to be back. We are on your team. Whether your team is you and your dog or a team of 10 real estate professionals, the Home Happy Team is here to enhance your client's experience. We take care of the financing side of the real estate equation, reducing their stress through a team approach of experience, technology, and communication. Your client experiences a lot when buying a home. Make sure it's a great one they will remember by introducing them to Michael Lloyd and the Home Happy team for their mortgage needs. And so mm-hmm. where do you see that going? Well, how do you see yourself facilitating sort of a support network for people as they're reintegrating? I think it's there's a lot of layers here. Mm-hmm. Number one is I think that... I got a notification from Zoom in January that I did 130, 131,000 minutes on Zoom last year. That's like 2,400 hours. That's a lot. And what I've learned from that is Zoom, well, first of all, Zoom is a transportation device. It's not a communication device. It has allowed us to all get together. It's allowed us to have social nights with three or four couples on Zoom. But we're all just dying to get back out and hug each other and hang out and just be together. So I think there's going to be three layers of the brokerage of the future. One is, is it comfortable space where I like to hang out and I feel that I belong? They're my club. They're my tribe. Number Mm -hmm. one. Number two, the consumer is demanding that we make this as simple and as easy as possible. I think the future of real estate is going to be digitally based and physically enhanced. Mm -hmm. I think the consumer loves to go and see Matterport tours. They love to go to a virtual open house. They love to be able to see everything because people are generally busy. They won't have to drive and find out, you know, I go from West Van out to Poco to find out I don't even like the house and it took me, it was rush hour, it was bad timing, you know? Mm -hmm. We have to be digitally based and solve that problem, but still physically enhanced. And what I mean by that is you should be able to do a 30 minute comparative market analysis listing presentation by Zoom that is enhanced by when you go going to see them the second time. So first step listing presentation is you just talking or both of you talking. And I think the consumer wants that. And I can only share this because I have a professional service provider who provides for a family is, who is just weird. Okay. Just weird. But 
every year they have to come over and it's usually like a two and a half hour thing. And he drinks all my wine and, you know, he's talking to us and it's, I always kind of dread it. Like he's great at what he does, just weird. Like, you know, and so this year he's like, well, we'll have to do it by zoom. I'm like, yes. And we did it in 30 minutes and it was amazing. He didn't have to travel to worry about traveling back and we didn't have to clean our house and we didn't have to do anything. And we still got the result. And I think mm -hmm. so there's, an efficiency that happens. And in my book, Shut Down Slingshot, I talk about, and I wrote this last April, that it's all about getting digital as quickly as possible, physically enhanced, because the consumer needs it. Mm -hmm. From a training perspective, the brokerage of the future is going to have to have both. They're going to have some live training where everyone comes together because there's wisdom in a room. There's wisdom in a group. And it's also going to have to get training that's what we call evergreen. Mm -hmm. We record it once. It's timeless. It's on demand, much like Netflix is or mm -hmm. much like YouTube, where I can, oh, I got to find out about this. I can do that. But the real win is going to be this shift from lecture style on Zoom, where everyone's Zoomed out because you get TV'd out because Zoom punishes lecture but it rewards interactivity. And so not only as us teachers, I've just changed completely the way I teach now. I don't even barely use a PowerPoint. And it's usually four questions with four Zoom breakout rooms or they're masterminding virtually right now. And the feedback we've got is incredible. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like they go fast, they're present. People just don't like Zoom if it's boring, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So. I think it's the combination of getting your people back live, also teaching and make it more collaborative because I think there's so much more wisdom in the group than just listening to your manager, broker manager talk. And, you know, they haven't sold real estate for 10 years, but they sound like they have, you know. You know, one of the things that makes me think about is so one of the huge draws for me about the Keller Williams model was and is remains the concept of sharing and their incredible commitment to ongoing training and learning. And so they offer so many amazing training courses, some of which I desperately miss from a face-to-face -face perspective because we talked about a little something offline, which was like, it's a wonderful experience to be at the conference. We have two primary conferences for our organization. One is called Family Reunion, which happens in February. And then we have Mega Camp, which happens in August. And I would certainly go to those, historically go to those conferences. And a little bit, I felt, oh boy, it's going to be hard to be away from the business for five days. And, you know, I don't really want to travel and I'm away from my family. And in the last year, I have been thinking about just how much more value I got from those experiences by being there not only learning from the leaders in our industry speaking on the stage, but as you said, Glenn, the conversations happening in the hallways, the conversations happening at the restaurant after the events. And so there are ways in which I think this pivot to online has been incredible. You know, one standalone event that's a, a half day or, you know, even in the Zoom world, we probably don't want to be online that long. Let's call it an hour phenomenal. I don't particularly want to get on a plane and fly for that experience, you know, so understanding sort of that connection between those two events, but thinking a little bit about into the future and where we're going, where do you see these sorts of training events? Like how are they going to be different now? Well, I think Zoom is going to teaching video, what fax was to 
sending documents. You know, it was the necessary step. I've seen some great technology coming out right now where I think, to be honest, at some point we are going to wear a 3D headset and we're going to be walking around talking just like we did at a conference. And there's also a lot of technology allows you to be an avatar and talk to people. And I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about the kind of off the shelf software that EXP has, which is, hey, come to our little campus university. This is more very interactive, very much like it's as if we're all sitting. I've actually seen it. I've experimented with it. And there's technology right now that allows us to be sitting at a desk together, facing each other, talking, but we're not even there. Mm -hmm. Live events aren't going away. There's nothing like a live concert. Mm -hmm. Music isn't dead. It's going to be a combination somehow. And the brokerage of the future is going to be the coffee shop, the bar that you'd like to hang out in, probably rooms off of it that's going to have libraries, a lot of culture, a lot of giving back, sense of community, and a menu of what do you want? Like, I don't want to hire my own admin. Oh, you're providing the admin. That's great. I don't want to do my own marketing. Oh, you're providing marketing. Oh, I love you guys. That's amazing. I don't Mm -hmm. want to, you know, I think it's going to be an a la carte menu. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to combine the best of dependent, the best of interdependent and the best of independent models. Mm -hmm. Glenn, what do you think causes our franchise, Keller Williams, to be so progressive and have evolved through these different stages? Do you think... In part, it's the ALC. So for those of you who don't know what that is, it's the Agent Leadership Committee. So from the top 20% in the marketplace, there's um, realtors who are highly successful, influential, and they are able to you know, meet monthly and guide the market center and, and uh, give feedback to leadership and ownership. And what the results that we're seeing from that, like you were speaking, Glenn, on the interdependent aspect is um, we have a really, really good client event program at our office. So we have six client events a year that came as a result from the ALC saying, setting up independent client events per realtor is really expensive, takes a lot of time, a lot of work. People always talked about it, but very few realtors ever did it. And so about two years ago, through the conversation that they brought forward, we incubated a program. And so at our office, our realtors are able for a nominal fee, a fraction of what it would cost to do it on their own, are able to uh, jump on board and join the client events and send it out to their clients and involve them. Is that kind of where you see this progression of the evolution coming from? Because it's pretty amazing when you think of, you know, in your 30 year career, how far it's evolved and how the company keeps expanding, Mm -hmm. growing. If you can imagine a triangle, and I think what you guys do right now, you've already nailed it. And I think more brokerages will follow where on one end, you've got the technology, intellectual capital and models. That's on one side of the triangle where this is like, here's our models, here's our system, here's the technology to make it really great. And then on the other is the connection. So if you imagine connections over here, which is your social capital. Do I like hanging out with these people? Are they great to be with? And I think in your office, I mean, they are, they all hang out all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And then at the next level, the bottom of the triangle is what's your community capital? You're doing client events together. You're doing one thing where everyone can involve their clients and bring them in. You're doing Red Day where everyone gets to give back and your clients can donate. So I think the office of the future has to have the technology and intellectual capital that's a model to follow. Mm -hmm. I think it's got to have the connection 
of people who of like minds who like to hang out together. And then I think we've got to bring our clients into it and we give back at the same level that they give to us. And I think you guys have already almost nailed that, but I think that's what I think that model is going to look like. Flipping the lens for a minute, what, in your experience, what do you see as a repeating mistake that a lot of realtors fall into when they're reevaluating their brokerage or, or choosing to make a move? And perhaps from an outsider looking in, you're surprised at the decision they made based on where they want to go and what their goals and dreams are. What often ends up perhaps being a poor decision at a, at a poor time from a realtor that you see as a, as a leader? Well, I think number one is they settle. I think they just settle. This is my lot in life. This is who I am. This is the brokerage I'm going to be at. I'm loyal to my broker, which I think is a great trait, by the way. I like my broker. But the question you have to ask yourself is, why are you putting a lid on yourself right now? You know, you could be making twice as much money in half as much time. And being able to change the world or give back to the world at a much higher level than what you're doing right now. And, you know, you matter, you're important. And why not bring that to the world? So why are you just settling and living a small life when we basically have an amazing platform that helps you build a big life? And, Mm. you know, it changes people's lives. You know, when the people come into our models and they were making a hundred thousand a year for the last seven years. And all of a sudden they get up to 200 or 250 and now they've caught up on their taxes and they've been able to pay down their mortgage and they've been able to uh, save for their kids' education. And then we get them up to 300 or 400 and now they're giving back to their community and they're providing safety for their family. So I think number one is just why are you settling? Like why just putting such a low bar on your life right now? No disrespect. I don't mean that in a, like you're lower because you're at that brokerage. I just mean it like, why are you settling right now? When, mm-hmm. why are you putting a self-imposed cap on your life when the world needs you? More than ever now, I would argue. I think number two is risk. I think people think it's so risky to leave where they are and what they know to go to something else. And I think as what we have to do is we have to reverse the risk. We have to, if you're not completely happy, if we didn't live up to all of our commitments to you, that will gladly give you your money back. Because I'd hate to take any of your money if I didn't live up to what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that people should test drive. Why don't you come and join us for six months and just test drive? It may be no fees. You know, everyone's going to set their own structure, but maybe it's just free to test drive for the first six months to see if it's really... We walk the walk or walk the talk rather, you know? And then I think the other thing is they've gone nose blind, you know? It, like they just don't even see what's happening out there. They don't see that Wall Street is trying to take away their business from them. Mm-hmm. That the big players in the fintech world of Zillow, they're all trying to rally around and get your customer before you get them and sell it back to you as a referral fee or eventually get your customer charge no commission, but make money on selling them insurance and all the other uh, services. People are just blind right now to what is Mm -hmm. going on in the marketplace. And Mm -hmm. it's time for the beauty. What I love about Gary Keller is four years ago, he said, we're a tech company. I know this is happening and everyone laughed at him. And now here we are. A lot of the other companies that those fintech companies, their stocks never were falling, are all falling because they figured out, oh, here's a company that is not only the biggest in the world, is profitable, has no debt, but they've got everything you want. You know, we have our own app. 
to do search. You know, we have our own CRM called Command, which we can run the whole back end of your system. You don't need to spend three, five, seven, a thousand bucks a night on plug and play systems. I mean, a month like a top producer. We've got it for $25 a month. You know, you mm-hmm. don't need to sign up for an after service and sign up for magazine subscriptions. We give you the magazine and you just put your name in and you got your own content. You don't need mm-hmm. to pay for Canva anymore because we have designs. You know, you don't need to look for much more business because we've got a thing called referrals where, you know, there's 190,000 agents signed up to this and there's $60 billion in real estate just went through that network last year. For referrals. For referrals, you know? And I can't tell you the amount of business that goes between my office in Toronto and your office and the other Mm -hmm. Keller Williams offices and Montreal, and Mm -hmm. it's amazing. And so, but a lot of people are waiting for these like third-party relocation companies where you have to pay 30% of your commission. Well, we can cut them out now. So now Mm -hmm. we have the platform, we own our data, Our clients have their own app. It's easier, simpler, faster to do business with us. And that's what the consumer is looking for. Forget about what the brokerage is looking for. At the end of the day, we serve consumers. And if we can make it faster, simpler, easier, and add more value at a very realistic price, then we win the game. Thank you so much, Glenn. That was really insightful. I appreciate it. Anything to share in closing, partner? Thank you, Glenn. I know when this is over in five minutes from now, when Connie and I debrief, just want to give her credit on air before when we first met six years ago with the concept of opening up brokerage. She had the crazy idea of creating a brokerage in the back of a coffee shop in the front of the coffee shop. So she was ahead of the curve. You're ahead of the curve. That's crazy. We need lots of space and (laughs) chairs for 60 people in a room. So we'll see what happens over the next few years, but I think maybe we'll be revisiting that. Friends, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please send us some feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. And if you've enjoyed listening to Glenn, you can find Glenn at glennmcqueenie.com. Again, many brokerages under his belt, over 500 agents under his mentorship and guidance, author, a trainer, a wonderful guy. Thank you so much, Glenn, for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you. It's been my honor. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening, gang. Take care. Take care.